Are you recording? Yep, whenever you're ready. Okay, let me take a quick... You might need seven foot stirring. No, I'm fine. I just tasted a lot of tequila. Me too. <laughs> oh it's boy. really all smoothie it's, tequila. Yeah. Nope. And that's why it tasted so strongly. I'm just gonna... <laughs> Somebody had to do it. Okay. Welcome to Sophie Wanick Presents Video Game Novelizations and a Justification to Plan a Honeymoon Vacation, starring Sophie Mar... <laughs> oh, not, not yet. Sophie Wanick. <laughs> that was second nature, apparently. Um, I'm your host, Sophie Wanick, and with me, as always, is my guest, Nicholas Margellos. I'm a co-host, but uh, thank you. My guest. I'm happy to be here pleasure nice to see you and we sophie also have Margellos. A, yes call me beat me if you want to reach me my name is sophie Margellos now okay um and we also have a another special guest with us today holy and, cow what that's amazing we have another guest oh yeah someone actually who has never listened to this um podcast but it's been a, <laughs> but it's been a fan but has far. been a fan the overall podcast scheme um, with us today is Margaret Stanish Bruce. Hello. Hey, Margaret. Hi. Thank you for joining us today. You're so welcome. I'm happy to be here on a Saturday, Sunday evening. Are you a big fan of video games? No. Interesting. <laughs> Are you a big fan of novelizations? This is when the thing already exists and then they write a book about it. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, and then are you a fan of honeymoons? Yes. Mm. My personal honeymoon ended, I think, like three years ago this week, probably. So, Wow. wow. Live action. We're getting her three Live years. Action. Three years after. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you. And um, we will come back to you later. (laughs) Yeah, we got to get some info on that honeymoon. After the commercial. I should say, um, hey, Google, how many days until November 13th, 2021? 2021 is in 167 days. 167 days. Wow. Hey, Google, how how many many weeks weeks until November 13th, 2021? 23 weeks. Okay, um, so we're only 23 weeks. Yeah, and 168 is, days. Or whatever. No, said. wait, here's what we ask. Hey, Google, how many months until November 13th, 2021? Five months, two weeks. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because it was like seven months, two weeks, then it yeah, was six I know. months. We're just trying oh. to hit them all. Gotta okay. hit the gambit. Um, so today we are talking about... One of my favorite games in the history of games. That's true. We are talking about Hitman. And um, since it's my favorite game, we decided to switch it up, mix it up, and we also watched the Hitman movies. Yeah, we took in the entire Hitman franchise Universe, for yes. the most part. So, um, the Hitman movies, I'm just going to give you a 30-second review of them, and it is okay. called Don't Watch Them. They are the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm going to spare you the three hours that we took out of our lives. Um as someone who loves Hitman, I would like to write a Hitman script. I will do it the right way. So if there's any prospective directors, buyers out there looking for a new script, I will write it for you. And then you can make the movie. You can even take all the fucking credit. I don't even care. You can take the credit. You can get the money for it. I just need a movie that's watchable. And none of these Hitman movies were watchable. Yeah, that is quite true, actually. And I will be suing. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, you should say that you are, you both are now officially lawyers. Yes. So this is something that you guys could do if you guys wanted well, to. Well, not yet. <laughs> not with the law degree, but with the attorney degree. You can file anything. Yes. If you guys well, could, you could write it. <laughs> if you guys could sue anything, anything in the world right now, and you know that you would win, what would you sue? Who, I would who sue with the writers of this the Hitman movies. Okay. That's taken care of, Margaret. Clearly... The United States Army for intentional infliction of emotional distress. <laughs> do you want to explain that to yes, the listeners? Yes, For those of you who do not know Margaret, Margaret is my matron of honor. That's why she's a very special guest because she's very involved in our wedding planning process. And I go to her on a regular basis for what she did for her wedding. And why are you suing um, for intentional infliction of emotional distress? Because... It has been 301 days since I last saw my husband. <laughs> so, um, and that's not because he's like missing in action. That's because one day he went to the store. Okay, he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go get <laughs> gonna something go get some at milk. the store. Yeah, some milk, some dog food." And I was like, "Okay, cool." Um, that was 301 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> never got the milk. Never got the dog food. That's a bummer. Turns out he's in Iraq. So, and welcome to Missing in Action, the true crime podcast (laughs) about how Margaret Sanders Bruce's husband has disappeared and the U.S. government is doing absolutely nothing about it. We have opened up a hotline. Feel if you guys have any tips uh, about where in Iraq. At Stephen Maynut at gmail.com. Oh, see, this is how you know you haven't listened to him because we have a new email. <laughs> I don't know the new email. I'm sorry. No, the email. Email Stephen Maynut. No, I'm they on can. board. I like the Stephen Maynut email. Because okay. okay. you know what the new email is? So my podcast, the podcast is called Nicholas's Podcasting Jar. Mm-hmm. NP That's Jar. That's the overall. And so the Gmail is Nicholas P. Jar. At gmail.com. Thanks. Good. It's a good email. P jar. I feel like it could have been NP jar and it somehow would have been less like. I tried. P jar-y. I tried. It was taken? It was t- NP jar is taken. Because it's like NPR. She doesn't know. So people, no, it's not like that. that oh, that's the other. For legal reasons, have. it's yeah. it's nothing like that. No. Yeah. For copyright. We. Oh. Actually, okay. <laughs> well, Margaret is our IP attorney. As you've heard on previous episodes, I have called you out as our IP attorney because we have had some run-ins with them. Clips, probably. That yeah. Used. Yeah. Sound. Clips. What do you? I, Did you everything put, like, that I little... use is absolutely legal. It's fair use. I will use. say this: there is a common misconception that if you include the disclaimer, "I do not own the rights to this," you're not. You're not protecting yourself. You're just letting everybody know that you are committing copyright infringement. Oh, so people think that, like, if they I say, <laughs> they're like, hey, I know it's uh, that I don't own this. They think that they're off the hook. They think that, but that's not the case. I need a call from my mother. Let's see what oh. she has to say. What's going on, Mom? You're on the pod. Mom, I'm recording Hi. an episode of the podcast right now with, oh, so- with Sophie and Margaret. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. What's going on? What, do you want to tell me about your honeymoon? What? Well, the podcast <laughs> is about honeymoons, so it's also about Hitman, Why but I don't think you have so anything offended? to say about Hitman. I went to Jamaica on my honeymoon. How was it? It was very nice. What was your favorite part about going to Jamaica? Um, we climbed the Duns River Falls. Hmm. Did a little was- hiking. Yes. That does sound nice. On some waterfalls. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. Anything that you would recommend for Sophie and I? Yeah, I would recommend that. To go to Jamaica and do the <laughs> hiking? Yeah. That's gonna be it's gonna be quite a, a road trip to get there from Kauai, which is where we are going. <laughs> Maybe we can jet yeah. ski over there. Oh, yeah. I, you know what they say, I think in Hawaii do a bicycle ride. Oh, okay. I think we've heard that right. Yeah, like that. I think our hotel you can I, rent them. Or the hotel we haven't the actually booked, can, but we are going to book. Yeah. You can rent bicycles. I've heard that there's some very pretty bike rides there. Sounds good. 
Um, were you calling for a, a, a big particular reason? Did someone die or something like that? No. Oh, you're just calling to say hi. Yes. All right. Well, I love you. I'll talk to you later. Well, that's what happens. That's what happens when you (laughs) treat us the way you did. Oh my God! Just kidding. Just kidding. Nicholas. (laughs) Well, don't worry. She's gonna also join in the super potential infliction of emotional distress. It's all for the podcast. I'm just trying to make the listeners laugh. She can join my lawsuit against you. I can broaden it to United States military. And it can be kind of like a class action type thing. That would be interesting. That would be mm. interesting. All right, mommy. I'll talk to you later. I love you. I love you too. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Okay. So we've talked about. Sorry about that, listeners. That's that was, all right. yeah, You got to take the call from your mother when it gets it comes in, you know. Okay. I mean, it, we we accept your apology this time, but if it happens again, you will know. Of course. No, no. I totally. That, honestly, that totally. I respect that. Yeah. So. So your your Don't review of the Hitman ever again. Your review of the Hitman movies are yeah, very so bad. Yeah, so we've talked about the Hitman movies. We what don't need what to... makes them not bad? I mean, the fact that they don't. Wait, what makes them not bad? Or the fact that what makes them not good? The fact that they don't respect the games. Okay, here is yes. Here is the thing. Yeah, Hitman. Can you give like a a synopsis? Yeah, like a twenty second. First of all, how many movies are there? There's, There's two, two but that like we watched. Separate. They're yeah, like... they're different movies. Okay, so they're not. They don't like build off of each other. No. Okay, and can you give us like a vague idea of what the movie and like what what the movie was about? Yes. Okay. So the first movie we watched, the Timothy Oliphant. Yes, Hitman guy is Deadwood. Um, no. Careful, you dropped your called? phone. Santa Clarita Diet. The guy that's in that. Basically, basically a man with hair. You really okay, think they? Yeah, well, that's already so. Yeah, so it's not which very he's wearing a bald cap. Okay, it's like why can't you just hire a bald man for the movie? It's kind of like when people. Oh wait. What? Yes, that's who who played Hitman. So that's the first one we watched, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that one wasn't bad. I would say it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as the second one we watched. Yeah. So he's so wearing a bald cap. Um, there is a lot of stories that don't make any sense why they're being told. I was like, basically, he's trying to kill this guy. But the, the point about the Hitman game is that it's fun. You get to kind of creep around. You put on disguises. You're, it's like a big open world. Endless yeah, possibilities. You're, you're like, you're sneaking around and you're yeah. you're trying not to get caught. You, you're, <laughs> Margaret just looked at a poster yeah, of the movie. It's bad. <laughs> it's not you're trying, disturbing. You're trying not to like get seen as the hitman because here's the thing. You're also a bald man with a barcode on his head. If someone sees you killing someone, everyone's going to know who you are for the rest of your life. The world of hitman is at its core, very silly, I think. Yeah. And I think that these movies were taking themselves a little too seriously for what they well, were. Well, no, it wasn't even they were taking them. T- they, they were just like an action movie. And I was like, Hitman's not an action game. I mean, it's an action because you're murdering people, but you're doing it methodically. It's stealth. It's, it's stealth, stealth, you know. So in the movie, did he change into different... One time. Once. once. He changed into and I disguise. Got, I think twice, actually, but I got I got so excited. No, I think it was once in the first movie and once in the second movie. Oh, okay, maybe. He changed in the in the train scene in the first movie, and we were like, right. oh, he's got a disguise I got on. so excited, because I was like, he, all right, finally, we're going to start doing some disguises. He and then is out there, again. guns blazing. He's just shooting people who walk by him. When Which he's is not con- really what the games are. No, games are games. taking out people the one by like, one. When you're shooting people within the game, you're dying because there's too many people to combat. Yeah. And he's like special operative. And I'm like, I get that he has a certain sense, but he he's not really like good at guns. That's like the point of Hitman. It's also he- like one of the most interesting things about the game is that he's like changing in different costumes and pretending right. yes else. So it's weird that it only happened yes. one time so that's the first movie and there's also this like a prostitute in the first movie there's the most uncomfortable scene in that i've ever watched in my entire life where she like go to dinner and she's drunk and she's like trying to have sex with him and he's laying on the bed and she like gets on top of him and it's like grinding on him and instead of I thought this part was funny. It was so <laughs> weird. Instead of just like saying one, maybe a consensual no, or two, 
having sex with her because he wanted to, he stabs her in the neck and sedates her. Oh. And so she passes out on top of him. But that's like, that's what the hitman does. Yes, but I was like, hitman will never. It's silly. But I was like, hitman seemed uncomfortable in that rather than hitman being in control in that moment. And I feel like in hitman, he's always in control of the moment. And Hitman was like, I'm uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. I, guess I think I Hitman also her. doesn't really understand human interactions very well either. Yeah. Well, Is definitely he not in the movie. Human? He's So he's a clone. Yeah. Well, because I skipped through the... He's, the, he's Agent 47. He's the 47th clone. Well, because in the movies, yeah, you see other Hitman. Okay. Only, only in the Hitman. second movie. The first movie kind of got critically... Uh, you got some hardcore fans upset with them because they didn't really address the clone stuff. And then the second movie, whole movie, doesn't address the clone stuff all the way through and until have- the literally the last shot is Agent 48 comes out. No. And he's like, uh-oh. And he looks just like the other guy. No, because remember there's all the guys in... There's other hitmen, though, in the first movie that are I, trying to kill him. I don't think him. they're clones, though. Oh, because remember they get in that weird sword fight? That was also right. weird. Yes, they're just different agents. It's supposed to be people that look exactly mm-hmm. like him. And at the beginning of that movie, Ave Maria played. Which is also from, I the think, game. Hitman. That's from the first game. Blood Money or, or the like Yeah, that. the original Hitman No, that's game. like a third game in the series. Oh, but that's like... But it's the most old, famous game, yeah. That's like old E game. We didn't play so that. So there was like a Hitman. There was a Hitman 2. There was a Hitman Blood Money, which is like the most famous game and then there was like a hitman absolution and then there was the new hitman trilogy that which we were playing which we always have played and, and yeah. we really like those games so there's like seven there's quite a few games oh, out okay. there okay but okay so that's the first movie second movie which also the first movie is like he takes this prostitute to use as leverage but then she's no longer leverage it's also very confusing stupid movie hated it second movie i was like excited for because the trailer immediately showed him in a disguise which now i can't think of what the disguise in the second movie was yeah i don't remember but he's in a disguise we're like oh Oh my god i just choked on air he's in a disguise we're all excited and then worst movie it was worse it was was more gunfire very boring bad story the worst like not any actors i knew at least with like the guy that is in the first one, I'm like, okay, at least I know who this guy is. So it's a different hitman. It's a different film. hitman and a worse movie. I don't even remember what happened. I literally cannot. The only thing I can remember is he's in the street in a car and people shoot things to try and pull the car. And he's just like, I thought I was in a Fast and Furious oh, movie. Oh, yeah, that part was this? weird. <laughs> no, he, that's, that's the, the guy, the voice actor, actor oh, okay. in the game, and he wants to play. The voice actor kind of looks who like I would cast. That is who I would cast. And he has a great voice. I mean, he has the voice. He has the hitman voice. He's played the he's played the character in every single one of the video games. Yeah. Oh, oh, video oh, game oh. movies no, in I general have always been now. quite. You know. Oh, the second movie is even weirder. It wasn't even a hitman movie. It was um, the second movie. He is like supposed to kill this one person. And then he finds this girl, and she's the daughter of the man who created all of the clones. And so then it's just her movie. We're just following her around. Mm-hmm. And Hitman is there with her. Hitman's almost the bad guy for the first yeah, 20 minutes or that so. That was weird. That was a weird movie. Weird um, so I, I, I do... I do want to see what your impression of Hitman is. Well, the game, yes. The Hitman game, because you played a little bit, and you watched Sophie play a little bit earlier today. Um... Now, if you were to envision a, a Hitman movie or even a novel, what would you what would you want it to consist? What do you think the big aspects of it would be? Well, I am surprised. Like, I am surprised that he wasn't changing into costumes in the movie or the book because that seemed to me like the most significant Iconic thing about yeah, him. Yeah, right. And then I guess it seemed that you could randomly kill. Innocent people, which I witnessed one of my closest friends doing. Her name is Sophie Margaret Wanick. <laughs> so I feel like that would that should be in the. I'm the mostly. I think the most like iconic thing was the like disguising yourself as whoever you like run into. That's why it's. I mean, yeah. it's like shocking that they only did that once because that seemed like the most important thing. What is your what is your relationship with video games in general? I mean, how many other video games have you played? Well, at the start of the COVID nineteen pandemic, mm-hmm. I 
begged my husband to let me buy Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. And that is where that is. No, and I also have played a Sherlock Holmes game on the Xbox that Jacob helps me play. But (laughs) (laughs) other than that, I do not really play video games because I don't like navigating the camera. Yeah. But you like watching, isn't there games that you like watching Jacob play? Or mm-hmm. is that the Sherlock Holmes one? I do like watching, well, I like watching him play the Sherlock Holmes. I like games, I like, um, like, well, I think this is also in Hitman. There's kind of like a story behind it or like a puzzle that has to be done. That's what I like about the Sherlock Holmes one. Yeah. And I feel like this has that too. I don't like watching him play like, like Call of Duty mm. or things like that. Because I find it boring. I think I did like watching... I think I watched him play Fallout for a while, which maybe had a storyline or some sort of sequence or something. But, yeah. We're going to do Skyrim at some point. because And Skyrim is like the same people that made Fallout made Skyrim. Mm -hmm. Because there's some Skyrim books that I really want to read. He might play that, too. I bet he does. Yeah, I will say that Hitman, for me, is very enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's both enjoyable to watch and play because yeah. it is. It's really fun for Sophie and I to play because we'll like just switch off doing either the same map or different maps and just like it's a it's a million different ways. It's almost like a, a Groundhog's Day scenario. Like you know what all these characters are going to do because you play it so many times and you almost can become like a god of the world because mm-hmm. you're like, I know where this person's going to go. I know what happens if I put this thing here. I know what happens if I you know you know all or that like, kind of you stuff. You know, or like so a big thing about Hitman is. Whenever you see a wrench, pick it up. Whenever you see a screwdriver, pick it up. Because yeah. the Hitman has a, point, a magic jacket that holds yeah. unlimited things. Yeah, I was just talking about this earlier today because <laughs> Nick out of nowhere threw a kettlebell at a guy. And I was like, was that a weight that you just took out? And I was like, I learned the other day that crowbars are actually really heavy. And I'm like ha- carrying three when I'm Hitman. Like, yeah. How is he carrying three crowbars? But The movie would be cool if they did like a... Like, you know, like, you know, like in Twilight, where they imagine what's going to, spoiler alert for you out there, they imagine what's going to happen in like the fight scene, right? And then it kind of, you see the whole fight scene play out and then it kind of like reverses and then they act out what actually happens. I feel like in the movie, they could do something where you like play through different scenarios of how like the assassination is going to happen and that way it would be more similar to the video game where you could like mm-hmm. if you do this route then this is how they die and if you do this route then this is how they die and then it at least would be more similar to the game. Yeah. Or even a murder mystery-esque type of thing or it's just like you see these cool kills. I don't know. I mean Well, here's here's why I think that I I thought it was interesting to bring up the Hitman movies. Because I did read Hitman Enemy Within, written by Bill C. Dietz, who Bill is the same Dietz. writer Thank who, you so also much wrote, uh, who also wrote um, the wrote- last uh, Halo book that we just oh. read, Halo the Flood. He also wrote that, so he is a video game novel aficionado. Um, and I really enjoyed this book. And here's the thing is that I thought that it not only – I thought – when I read this book, I thought, oh, that would be both, one, a really fun game – and I also thought, oh, this could make a really good movie. You know what I mean? And so I think that's exactly kind of what you want from a video game novel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Are you going to read a passage? No, I'm just kind of like is looking through Hitman stuff. Talking? Well, because one of the things that I thought was interesting from the first Hitman movie was there's that scene um, where he kind of like strips down all of his clothes and he like falls asleep on the couch and he sets up like a rope that goes out the window because he like is he wants to okay, have a quick escape. A, yeah at all times like that he's just like he's always paranoid he's always thinking about that stuff back in his room 47 flipped through the channels until he located a soccer game not because he cared who won but for some sort of company as he unwrapped the burgers and ate another meal by himself one of what hundreds thousands there was no way to know eventually the game ended So he stripped down and hung his clothes in the closet. Then, 47 prepared to sleep on the floor. He was well aware of the fact that if a counter-assassin forced the door open, the first thing they would do would be to put a few slugs into the bed. So, rather than run the risk, he took his place on the floor, where an intruder's first shot would miss him. A hard surface, but no worse than the pallet he'd been required to sleep on as a child. I thought that was interesting because it really like 
it tells you that this guy isn't normal. You know what I mean? And so there's, there's an, uh, uh, an excerpt in the book that's just like that that I thought was really cool. And then there's, like, this person named Marla who is, like, from uh, the enemy. You know, she, she works for the enemy, essentially. And she, like, can she like knows what the hitman looks like. And so, like, she, like, kind of, like, spots him out a few times and spoils some of his, like really sweet kills that he has planned. And I thought that that's also a really cool, like, what, like imagine a mechanic in the game where, like, there's one person that is, like, on the lookout for you and is actively yeah, trying to find you. You know what I mean? him. Yeah. yeah. And they can tell, and it can see, like, where you are. Like, that would be, a, one, a really cool game mechanic. And two, that would be really fun to see in a movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also the book is, like, split up into, like, different, like, almost, like, missions. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the first mission is... Uh, he is, mm-hmm. there's this big, like, bike boss called the Big Kahuna that he has to, like, <laughs> take down. And then the next, next third of the well, book is about, um, him taking down, uh, like, other assassins that are trying to assassinate the person that he's trying to assassinate You know what this stuff. just made me think of is that show that we only watched, like, the first season of because then we got really sad about it. Um, Killing That's Eve. So many shows. Yeah, Killing Eve was really Have sad. Have you ever watched Killing Eve? Sandra Oh is in it. She plays Christina on no. Grey's Anatomy. No. So we watched the first season of it, and it's basically Good. Sandra O oh is a detective, police officer, FBI, some sort of special op, whatever. And um, they are trying; they are essentially tracking a hitman. And even the hitman scenes, like from her name's Eve, I think, right? Is no, I the, think the Sandra O oh is Eve. Sandra O's Eve. Sandra O oh appears to be Eve. Oh, okay. Jody Corner, what's her name? V V Villanelle, Villanelle, Villanelle. Yeah, Villanelle maybe. I, yeah. Right. Um. So the hitman woman, you watch a lot of her kills and you watch a lot of her stuff, but you're obviously you're more invested in the save the day. It's kind of you know it's the just Sandra O oh stuff. Well, and it's like any crime show, you know, whatever. You're you're watching the good guys, quote unquote, essentially. Um in the main part of the movie, but you see some of her hit hits and her hitman stuff. And it's kind of like, okay, she does some great hits. Yeah. I mean, she does like, she does that old guy. She kills him with some sort of poisonous thing. I don't know. She, you watch her do some, some, some good hits. hits, some good hits. But like, why can't it be like that? Like it, it, and no one knows that that's going on. That's the draw of Hitman is you're doing all of this and you're at a concert and no one in the crowd knows that it's happening. And even that's why we stopped watching it is because a character died in the show and we were really upset about it. He got got killed. And it was in like they're in a nightclub and she stabs him and everyone's like so crazy in the nightclub. No one knows he's dead. And you're like, oh my God, that That guy is dead. Yes. That's very. And she escapes. Yeah, Yeah. No one knows. And so that is the vibe that I expected out of the movies. And instead I've got this shoot 'em up movie. Yeah. And explosions. And still no one knows who this guy is. No one's ever seen him. Really? You've never seen a bald man with a barcode on his forehead or back of his head? Yeah. I want to know how many people have barcode tattoos, though, like that. I bet there are quite a few out there. Email in Nicholas Pjar if you have one. Yeah. Um, the, the, sometimes you'll be entered into we a get contest. random listeners who are only listening to spe- specific <laughs> episodes, episodes. Okay. and they're like, "Oh, I like Hitman. I'll listen to this random podcast that I don't know." All right. Well, email in, and we will enter you into. And if you're a diehard enough fan to just listen to a random episode of some guy's podcast about Hitman because you care about Hitman so much, you probably have the barcode tattoo. <laughs> yeah, most likely. We but will... what does the barcode? correlate to what it's his, his identity well no yeah it's his date of birth uh and something else and then like he, what number he is he is the 47th is, yeah, clone age, age so like 47. it's the date is like september 05th 1990 whatever something and then something else and then 47 Did you hear that everyone hitman was born september 5th 1990 so he's only five years <laughs> older than us <laughs> He's a young man. Yeah. He's been a hitman since we were five. Oh. Uh, I will say another part of, speaking of uh, young young people, um, 
halfway through the book, there's a really interesting part where um, they talk about 47th's, 47th's first kill. All right, the headmaster said as Six danced around the ring. Don't kill each other. And with that admiration, he was gone. Even though both boys were made of the same genetic stuff, it was as if Six had been imbued with an extra something. It was something that gave the bully a distinct advantage. Take that, bitch, Six said, and that, and that, and that. He was going to lose, that much was certain. So 47 did the only thing he logically could, and it was just to take enough punishment to make the fight look convincing. He would take a fall and walk away with the fewest number of injuries possible. But Six seemed determined to polish his image as the toughest student in school. So rather than put his opponent down immediately, he pushed 47 away and subjected him to a succession of front kicks, side kicks, and a fancy roundhouse that landed 47 on his back. A blow so hard and so well delivered, it left 47 grasping for air. It took the combined efforts of Laszlo and another staff member to remove 47 from the blood-spattered ring and load the injured youngster onto a squeaky gurney that carried him to the infirmary. It was there, while recovering from the beating, that 47 made a fateful decision. After months of being victimized, the boy had arrived at the point where he was willing to do whatever was necessary to end the abuse, no matter what that entailed. The decision produced both a sense of determination and a feeling of freedom. As 47 left the infirmary and returned to the long, narrow dormitory he shared with 11 other boys. A pile of human feces had been left on his pillow, and there was no need to read the note to know which one of his peers had placed it there. Hey shitheads, Six said as he and his toadies filtered into the area. Oops, what's that? It looks like a turd fairy left you a present. That produced gales of laughter as the other boys left and went to dinner. But even if 47 wasn't the fastest boy in the dorm, he was among the smartest and he began to formulate a plan. From his training, he knew how dangerous habits could be, and number six had habits, one of which was to get up roughly 3 a.m. every morning and take a pee before returning to bed. Adrenaline flooded his body and his heartbeat like a trip hammer as he tiptoed into the dimly lit bathroom, and that's where six was directing a powerful stream into one of the urinals as the loop fell over his head. Number six was fast, but he was sleepy, and his first instinct was to try to tuck his penis away, so his hands didn't come up until the ligature had already begun to constrict at his throat. Urine sprayed left and right as 47 pulled the handles in opposite directions, and the two of them performed a slow pirouette as the struggle continued. They turned toward the long row of sinks on the other side of the room. Suddenly, the attacker could see both himself and his victim in the big wall mirror. Because the boys were identical in appearance, it appeared as though 47 was strangling himself. At that moment, he knew why Six liked to brut brutalize people. It was all about control. He discovered how addictive such power could be. Six began to make gargling no noises and attempted to stomp 47's bare toes. Then the bully's eyes began to bulge, his lips turned blue, and a long, drown-out farting noise was heard as he soiled himself. That was when 47 was expected to feel a, a sense of regret, but there was nothing other than a feeling of satisfaction as all life departed the other youngster's body. So it's while he's still at like the clone orphanage and uh, they do this like weird um, uh, like they have the clones fight each other and this clone called number six, he's six, he's a six clone, like always bullies 47 and so he, he beats the shit out of him in the fighting ring like oh too God. much so. And then, so 47, halfway kills through the him. night, kills him. Uh, and it's the first clone to ever kill another clone, and he runs away. But then the, like, guy who has all the clone stuff... Is proud of him. Is proud of him, exactly. But to the youngster's everlasting surprise, Laszlo led him down the street and into a busy restaurant. Once they were seated, the headmaster ordered drinks and an enormous breakfast, 
which the two of them shared. Then, as 47 went to work on a big mug of steaming cocoa, peering expectantly at his captor, Laszlo did something the boy had never seen before. He smiled. Congratulations, son, the headmaster said warmly, glancing around to make certain no one was near. That was your first kill, and it won't be your last. The problem with number six was that he enjoyed hurting people, a flaw that ultimately would have limited his usefulness, because pleasure skews judgment. So you did us a favor and freed yourself from tyranny. And you also proved what you can do, and I'm proud of you. And so, for that matter, is Dr. Ortmeier. But from this point forward, he added, his expression turning grim, you are not to kill without permission. Is that understood? Number 47, his eyes wide with wonder, nodded his head. Good, Laszlo said contently. Now, have some waffles. And looking back over the intervening years, breakfast had been the most important meal of the day ever since. And people know this because I just read them a passage about it, and they're they're like, "Why are you repeating it?" But um, oh, because you're saying I'm gonna edit editing. that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what else I just thought about? Another movie where it's kind of hitmany, The Killers or Killers. What is the, it? The, the band? No, The Killers is the band. Killers. With Katherine Heigl and Ashton Kutcher. And that one is pretty, like, gunfiery. But even the parts that aren't gunfiery are done better than the Hitman movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm assuming the budget was higher if Ashton Kutcher and Katherine Heigl are in it. That's true. Yeah, I think that if you wanted if you wanted to make this movie, like, serious, I think it would have to be maybe a th- like almost like a thriller. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would need to be very, like... Slow and methodical. Yeah, what about that movie Hush? Has that been, I haven't seen it, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, where isn't it where like someone is is deaf? Yes. What about that movie. I so mean, they please give us the storyline. From the trailer, it seems like a thriller, methodical, hitmany. I have seen it. It's not very hitmany, but it's a good movie, and you should watch it if you're listening to this. Okay, well, but like. It creeps around. Is that accurate description? The guy creeps around, yes. Okay, yeah, so. It's like a psychological thriller type. Yeah. Like, keeps you wondering what's going to happen. Like. Yeah, I want some mystery, some intrigue. I want some, ooh, we've got this intel here, so we went and did this thing. None of it's that. None of it is that. And it was like, in the movie... We met Diana for a millisecond, and then Diana immediately went rogue, mm. and you're like, what? We there's there's whole Diana up. sections in this. Like, part of uh, Diana's life is dependent on how good of a job uh, the Hitman does. You know what I mean? Oh, and so there's, there's, like, more stakes in it, and it makes Diana more of a character in Hitman's life, which she is. I mean, she's his handler. Like, the, she gives she gives him all the info that he needs, you know? Um, okay, well, I think we should take a quick break. Oh, okay. And then we we'll get to talk to the sponsor. Yeah, we're going to talk to our sponsor, then we'll get back in, and we'll talk um, a little bit more about the game and the honeymoon. Perfect. We could come up, with, let's just think of something. Like today's episode is brought to you by... What do you want it to be brought to you by? Jalapenos. Okay. Jalapeno Pete's. That's a restaurant, isn't it? Go for it. No, you do it. You I just do it. the content. You come up with the... I don't need both mics. You should. For Jalapeno Pete's. Isn't Jalapeno Pete's uh, one of the places on, on the fairgrounds? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Oh, okay. My class reunion was there. My high school class reunion. Was, but I didn't did go. go. Nope. Oh. But I was Why at the fair because I was at the fair the same day with your fa- with your parents and you, mm. and so we passed it. My dad took my dad took a, a photo with uh, a Trump cu- cardboard cutout. But it was that was no post. they that was po- they were election. he was he was yeah, elected. He was, he was elected. But mm-hmm. it was very funny. Shout out to my dad for doing that. Today's episode is brought to you by Jalapeno Pete's. Um, the fair, the Iowa State Fair will be happening this year, so please make your reservations at the Pete's um, tent, 
and you can call in at 555-9413 and make your reservations. Um, the minimum is eight people <laughs> and the maximum is 20,000. So and now, and now, do, COVID? now do their no, slogan. COVID will be gone. Do the slogan. COVID will be gone. Uh, Hollow Pete, you know, Pete's guarantees it. And, <laughs> and if it's not gone, then you can. Um, free jalapeno popper. Free jalapeno popper. That's what you get. Um, and if for those of you who don't eat dairy, um, we're sorry to inform you, you don't receive anything. Um <laughs> Uh, and their musical number is. Oh, Jeff, a jingle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Love that jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> That's copyright infringement. <laughs> Excuse me, this is jalapeno Pete. Strikingly <laughs> to. Love that chicken from Popeye. Oh, we can't use that. We can't use that. Edit it out. Get never, it out. never heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay, well. Pete, if anyone knows what this, Pete, what? Pete, if you're listening, expect a draft. Uh, expect <laughs> a complaint from me as the new uh, attorney for Popeyes. Um, if anyone knows what this Popeyes is, I don't know. I feel like when I think when I hear, I love jalapenos. <laughs> I think of jalapeno pizza. I don't think of anything else, especially not chicken. So, um, why would you kick? Popeyes while they're down. They're are they down right now? Name five people who've ever said, "Let's go to Popeyes." Aaron Young. That's why. Popeye, I mean, Popeyes right now is like they're they're, they're winning the chicken sandwich wars, aren't they? Well, wait, what are the chicken sandwich wars? Oh. I think they started with Popeyes. Popeyes, Chick Fil A. Oh, McDonald's came out with one. Ew, that one's gross. Have you had it? No, it's, but it is, I've looked I at have it. I had it. It's disgusting. Um. KFC has those crunchy chicken tenders. Oh, yeah, they also those chicken, are good. They also have chicken sandwiches, though. Perhaps they have chicken sandwiches. Oh, do you want to hear a fun answer? Do you want to hear a fun Burger King. Everyone. Burger does. King definitely has it. Do you want Wendy's? Does Wendy's have one? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to hear a funny anecdote? Oh, uh, Arby's does too. A funny anecdote from Nick's childhood about um, KFC? Sure. Are you going to tell it? Oh, I have to tell the antidote? Uh, our KFC it was from near, your childhood. Well, you were the one that wanted to offer it up to everybody. Well, I was so. offering it to Margaret. Sister, Sophie Margellos. Yeah, my name is Sophie Margellos, and I was born um, six years after Nicholas. The, the antidote is that the KFC near my house uh, was always out of chicken. So they'd be like, we can get you mashed potatoes. We can we can give you guys some dad, mac and wait, cheese. Wait. Do your impression of your father. What's my impression of my father? I don't know. What? That's why my- you're a chicken. <laughs> it's KFC. Yeah, I mean that is it's true. Chicken. It's chicken is in the name, like that's my that's my impression of your dad. I that's don't do a good one. Yes. I don't Mac do a good cheese. Yes, coleslaw. Yes, chicken. No. Wait, do your do your voice that you don't think is an impression of your dad. I don't know but- what this is. I don't, have we ever talked about this? All what right. are you talking about? That voice. Just screaming. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What are you talking about? That sounds like him. Yeah, that sounds like it. I don't think we've ever talked about this before, but okay. I will say also shout out to my father. I was mowing the lawn the other day and I was singing very loudly. Oh my God. No. And so you would be I proud, was father. in on the kitchen table. I was sitting at the kitchen table. Nick was in the back back of our yard like beyond the, the fence. fence. Like that's an acre away. Yes. Yeah. Nick was an acre away and I could hear loud and clear him singing and whistling. And so then Nick came Over in. Over the lawnmower too. Yes. And Nick came in and I go, hey, were you liking that song you were singing? And he was like, oh, why are you making fun of me? And I was like, I'm not making fun of you. I just am laughing at the fact that you have made fun of me or made fun of your dad and told me the story about how your dad mow the lawn and sing so loudly i don't think i told this story i think this was sophie and my mom that said oh, okay. this but well, yeah either way someone has said this story about him and i was like and you have now just done that and you are now your father i have i am slowly turning into him and it's kind of bizarre but it, it's also funny but anyway um okay let's get back to the uh, oh back to the episode. show sorry this is a long ad it's a long ad yeah, and you know, Pete's has a large budget. Yeah, they yes. pay, they paid for all of this. Well, you know they've got a really good jingle, so that's they what's do. getting them the big bucks. Didn't steal it. No, totally original. Absolutely. 
um I was gonna say absolutely, but I was gonna try and say jalapeno in it. I was gonna say jalapeno. And remember to holla, holla, holla at you, boy. Holla at you, Pete. Holla, Pete Lee. I don't even know what word we're trying to say. Obviously, clearly, it's a combination between jalapeno pizza and absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I was like. Absolutely, absolutely. No, they're not obsolete. <laughs> jalapeno pizza is not obsolete. Thank you. No. Jalapeno pizza. I think you slipped in the jalapeno pizza accidentally. Oh, I thought Ooh. I just said jalapeno peat is not. We'll run the playback. <laughs> Sounded like jalapeno pizza. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I think I said pizzas. Uh, speaking of jalapeno pizzas, we do have our pizzas coming here in about twenty minutes, so we need to wrap this. Oh, wrap up, up the a episode. Bit. Let's, okay. Let's keep. Let's get back to it. Okay, so Nicholas, the book. Have you said all that you wanted to say about the book? What else do you have to say? What else about the book is interesting. I mentioned the the, the little flashback scene. I talked about. Um, let's see. I talked about Diana. I talked about yeah, the childhood um, killing. Uh, I don't know. I have some things highlighted. I'm trying to look through. Forty-seven. They're on to you. Intel suggests. Does it say that anywhere? Kind of. Yeah. It's. I feel like the guy does write a little bit in Diana's voice a bit. Um. Okay. So I will say there's also uh there's. Uh, this take this book takes place technically after the second game, the, the like the Hitman Two from you know a long long time ago. Okay, yeah. And at the beginning of Hitman Two, uh, Agent Forty Seven wants to change his life, and he becomes like a gardener for like a priest at his at his church or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that guy makes an appearance in this book, which is oh. interesting. You know, Very just like a little bringing stuff together, a little reference to the last game. Though not Agent 47's friend in the conventional sense of the word, Father Viterio was his spiritual advisor, to the extent that the assassin needed one. The operative believed he was headed for hell, and given all 47 had done, that was certainly possible. But God never gives up, nor can I, the priest told himself, because there is a kernel of goodness buried deep within 47th soul, even if he isn't aware of it. And there was evidence to support the priest's hypothesis. The assassin had once taken shelter at Vittorio's church, but men with 47th skills were hard to come by, and it wasn't long before the past caught up with the assassin, forcing him to take up arms once again. Those had been bloody days, in a land already soaked with blood. And it was something of a miracle that both Vittorio and his former gardener we're still alive. None of the movies really did that. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't any like references to certain characters or anything like that. Kind. Of, I mean, there was like the prostitute is maybe a character that maybe exists in the game, but it's yeah. not like the same name or anything like that. You know what I mean? Um, and then uh, it's also fun. Like the, the way that the, the final kill is like the guy like um, uh, puts like peanut butter powder in Someone who's allergic to peanut butter. Exactly. So it's like a little fun kill. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting too. I mean, there's at this point right now, I will add my favorite part of the book that I looked at while I'm editing the episode. I'll just edit that in right now. Okay, great. Okay, so this is, I think, my favorite part because um, it, it's so there's this part in the book where um, there's these four brothers called the Otero brothers who are supposed to kill one of. Agent 47's big guys that he's supposed to kill. Um, but he doesn't want them to kill him. And also that there's a like a there's a a million dollar like bounty on their heads. So he goes and kills them first. Um bef- he's he has to kill these four brothers who are actively trying to kill the person that he wants to kill. But so in some ways he's like saving this guy. Um but he has to kill these guys who are all like he's like killing four other hitmen essentially. And I think it's one interesting, the kind of conversation between him and Diana, which I'll, 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 I'm about to explain to you. But again, like kind of referencing what I mentioned in the episode about how 
Um, I think it's it would be a really interesting idea for a uh, a hitman level to like actively be trying to eliminate four people who are trying to kill this guy but then like after you kill those four people then you have to go and kill that guy again i think that would be like an interesting idea for uh, a, a hitman level and and uh ioi or whatever what is it um io interactive that's what it's called um if you guys want to have that idea for free you guys can i'm sure you guys listen to these episodes anyway here's the, the part from the book you look comfortable Diana commented, too comfortable for someone who is supposed to be at work. Sorry to bother you, 47, but it looks like you'll have to postpone the exercise scheduled for tomorrow in order in order to deal with something more urgent. Whatever it is, it can wait, the assassin said evenly. Opportunities like this one don't come along every day. No, Diana replied patiently, they don't, and we're sorry. But there won't be much point to snatching Alphalani if he's dead which will almost certainly be the case if the Otero brothers get him. The Otero brothers? The assassin inquired mildly. Who are they? A new boy band? No, Diana replied firmly. They work for the Tumaco cartel in Colombia. They specialize in killing judges, government officials, and anyone else who gets in the organization's way. And based on the latest intelligence, it looks like they have orders to hit Al-Falani. It seems the cartel wants a cut of the money that Morocco makes by smuggling drugs into Europe, and he refused. That's where the Otero brothers come in. The assassin felt a rising sense of frustration. No matter how hard he tried to move his assignment forward, it always seemed to slip back. Now, instead of abducting Alphalani as he planned, the agency wanted him to protect the miserable bastard. Um, you said you had a quote, Margaret, from the well, video game. From the video game. Oh, I might be paraphrasing. So in the video game, the the random people who don't really—I mean—they're just like there to kind of add to the story. Yes, the NPCs or yes. non-player characters. Oh, yes. Wow, what a terminology. Wow. They get like aggressively angry at you, um, and talk for like a longer than you would think. <laughs> So here's a paraphrased slash pretty direct quote um, that one of those characters said when somebody walked too close to them. I'm going to inhale sharply and you're going to lose consciousness because of the lack of oxygen you get based on your close proximity to me. And I just think that's inspirational. Yes. It's something to that live is, your life by. That is one of the things yeah. about Hitman. Um, I will say that I really enjoy this game. I think Nick also enjoys the game. I do think that Nick gets very frustrated at the game. Um, and I, I get a little impatient. Yes. I think yeah, the so largest true. part of that is patience. Um, uh, I do want to ask Margaret about her. Okay, wait. Um, I was going to. Yeah, I know. We will. I was going to quickly say, though. You do have to have a lot of patience to play this game, and there are some weird quirks about it. Uh, it's weird how you maybe are able to kill people or knock them out. Um, but I do enjoy I enjoy the the mental games that in, are involved mm-hmm. in it because um, you really have to think outside the box. It's a it's very suspenseful. Margaret will attest to that. You kind of are like, oh, what do I do? Um, and you sometimes you just like risk it and you kill the person and then you just run away and you hope that no one can find you. And, and you so put the body in the freezer. You do put the body in the freezer, yeah. um, and you can't take them out once you put them in there. So. No. <laughs> That is a rookie mistake. Um, hello, Lincoln. You're a bit aggressive. Um, okay, yes. So your honeymoon. Give us a a lowdown. Three years ago. Three years ago. A few days ago. A few days ago. May, like, 19th or 20th, I believe, is when we left for our honeymoon. We went to Quebec City. Is it your anniversary on the 19th? May 20th okay. or 21st. <laughs> yeah, it's like you left on your wedding day. May 20th or 21st. The, we left on pl- our... The plane that they had had the just Mary <laughs> on the back of it. Yeah. It was a chartered It was a chartered jet. No. Oh. No, no, no. It was United Airlines. We flew to uh, Newark, New Jersey, and then to Quebec City, Canada. 
Um, and we spent a week there at a bed and breakfast. It was very cute. It was in Old City, Quebec. They had like a cute little breakfast that they did. So we got to like have a different breakfast every morning. Um, we basically just explored Quebec City for a week. Um, Jacob is very into museums and history and things like that. So we did a lot of that. Um, we did like a little cruise, which was fun. We had, there was like a little bakery there. So Jacob, like every other day, bought an entire loaf of Asiago cheese bread <laughs> and ate the entire thing himself. He also got sunburned in Canada. <laughs> so, it's not a joke. He actually did. In May in, in Canada. In May in Canada, he got sunburned. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, that's what we did. Do you have any recommendations for booking things? Did you book things in advance? Did you go with the flow? Are you a planner? Oh, I am, I'm a planner, but Jacob is not, so we booked, well, our budget, we got married right after undergrad, like, mm -hmm. like, Jacob had just graduated, like, two weeks before or something like that, so, um, and I had just started, I was about to start law school, um, like two months after. So the budget was thin. So we couldn't really book any excursions in advance because we didn't really know. Also, the thing about Quebec is that most things are in French. So we couldn't, <laughs> we don't speak French. So we couldn't book a lot of things in advance. Um, so what we did was we like booked our tickets and our hotels, obviously, in advance. And then we got there and we kind of went, we went on, we're big TripAdvisor fans. Oh. So we kind of like, we liked a bunch of things on TripAdvisor um, and had like our must see things. And then a lot of the tours and things that we went on and things that we like went to go see, we kind of found through like exploring the town. Um, and it was nice to be there for a week because then the first couple of days we could like walk around and see what we thought we might find interesting. And then we could go see it like the yeah, subsequent days. And some days we just kind of hung out and, like, sat out on the, like, they have, um, like, a really fancy hotel that has a bunch of benches outside of it that you kind of, like, look out on the city. So we did that, too, which was kind of nice and did, like, a little picnic and went to a grocery store. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any recommendations for us for our honeymoon? Just in general. doesn't oh. have to be... Is there any advice? I would say, um, maybe not leave on your wedding day. Don't leave like on you your wedding did. day, like I. <laughs> um, turn. I would say turn off your phone. Oh. Because I. That's a good one. I did not turn off my phone. Jacob did not turn off his phone for the first like day or two, and there were people still texting us about like, which very well meaning, very nice, like so happy for you congratulations blah, blah 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 but then you feel obligated to respond and there's like people constantly messaging you so i'd say turn off your phone so that you can just have like a week where you're like detached from everything and then you can turn on your phone and address all the mm -hmm. the things that came up while you were gone yeah that is a very that's very good advice it is very good advice I'm a little distracted because Lincoln is yeah. a squeaking monster. <laughs> um, oh. 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 And the death monster. That was a playful growl for it's, those of you just yeah. hearing <laughs> it sounds the audio. Like, uh, Lincoln's enjoying Hitman. Um, well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. We have to do something that we do after every at the end of every episode. Which is, Nicholas, how would you rank... I know, I want to make this easier this time. The, the ranking of, of the games and, and books. Um, so would what say, would you say is... I liked this book a lot. Again, I think it's both a... Because the idea of a video game novel is that it has to be both... <laughs> somewhat like remembering of the video game while still being a cohesive story. You know what I mean? Like sometimes... If you do a a transition perfectly, then it's gonna be like, oh, this is like just like video game stuff. You know what I mean? And so, like, and one of the games that I, uh, books that was a game was uh, this Batman game, which 
you could do the game in like any order that you wanted. And so then when you did it as a novel, it didn't make, it was like, oh, this is like very linear storytelling. Whereas the game was like, I could go anywhere and I could do anything and I could do the story in any order that I wanted to. Um, so simplify it. <laughs> I know I'm trying to simplify it. I know. So anyway, I would say, um, I really did enjoy Halo the Flood. I thought that was a really good okay, novelization. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. What do you like better? Hitman the book or Hitman the game? I don't want to do all that stuff. This is what oh, I'm this is what okay, I'm ranking. Now. This is what okay, I'm ranking. Okay. I'm just gonna rank the the books and then I'm gonna rank the overall experiences. You're not gonna rank the game? No, the game the game people know what the games are. That that's not what we're interested in here. We're interested in the novels. No, but I'm saying the Hitman book versus the Hitman game. Well, or right, which like one's better. better between the two? Yeah. Uh, I, obviously, I like the games more. Not obviously. I think the Bioshock book you liked more than you liked the game. No, I mean, I think I liked all the games more than I like books. All right, all right. Oh wow, you hear that, writers? Sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's it's. I like video games. Um. So again, Halo: The Flood, fantastic novelization of the game. Um. I would say maybe this Hitman book might be my number two. Wow. Um. Uh. What else is there? I think. Uh, the Bioshock was really great. Um, I would then do the other Halo, um, whatever Halo, um, the, Halo the, Reach. The, no, yeah, the Fall of Reach, and then I think last but not the last but not least is the Batman one. Okay, and then uh, overall experience. Overall experiences. Um, both the Halo ones are fantastic. I would say, uh, uh, Halo Flood and then Halo Fall of Reach, number one. Um, I enjoyed the experience of the Bioshocks, maybe number two. I really liked that little prequel that, that came with it. Um, I think Hitman, and then last again, would be the Batman one. Wow, Batman used to have a strong It did, it did. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what's happening. I can't, I can't tell you. I, it's... Batman. Um, so of all the games, my favorite is Hitman. Obviously, yes, I knew that going in. We are going <laughs> to still... We have a, our next game set up for next month, but I, I guarantee you we will uh, still be playing Hitman for the next few days, or at least maybe even a few weeks here. But Well, yeah. I eventually have to study for the bar. <laughs> yeah, that's coming up. Margaret does as well. I, I wish both of you ladies uh, good luck in that. Um, thank you, Margaret, so much for being here yes, on my podcast. Me. No, this is my job. Well, it's, my, it's the, the Nicholas's podcasting jar. It's, well, it's, but this is Sophie... Wanick starring Sophie Wanick, host Sophie Wanick. So okay, All okay. Right, well. So thank you very much, Margaret, for attending um, and showing up here today. And we can't wait for you to listen all of the episodes that you've missed this season. Um, we will be, uh, we'll be expe- expecting your notes, mm-hmm. and we will be expecting um, summaries of all of them and drafts on the potential. Yes, the potential yeah. litigation. Yeah, yeah, the litigation that we will be ensuing. Um, and thank you, Nicholas, for coming. As always, you're a great host. Oh, I'm a host. <laughs> thank you. I screwed up. I, I just I cut it. Up. I ended, that's, that was the end of the episode. No, you're a great host. It was opposite day. I'm gonna I'm um, gonna edit back that in that host again. You saying that? Um, you are a great it. host. And thank you to our listeners, as always. Um. You're really great. We love all of your feedback. We love your emails. We love your comments. We mm-hmm. love just your texts every day that tells you that tells us that you um, only got through the day with our podcast. Yeah. So. Let's while before we leave, let's answer one of our fan emails real fast. Okay, so if you want yeah. to read that off real okay, fast. Okay. Um, today's question is from Brittany five five nine. Brittany, thanks so much for emailing and love it. Love yes. that you're listening. And her question is. My God! What did she do? What did she? What? Brittany wants to know what our favorite gift from our bridal okay. shower is. This is a this Margaret. This is something from last week's episode. <laughs> this asks us that again. People keep asking over and over. We all again. know Nick likes the mini black bowls, and I like the Kitchen Aid. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Lincoln, what do you have to say? What about the deviled egg bowl? Oh yeah, that was a good what gift too. That was great too. That was great too. But it really, I'm sorry, it doesn't compare to the Kitchen Aid. Um, thank you so much. Brittany, never email in a question ever again. And I hope you all have a wonderful night. And we'll just sing you out with a quick little jingle from our sponsor. (laughs) Wait, what is the jingle? Love that jalapenos. I thought it was like, um.
I don't know. I guess it is lovely. Ba -ba -ba. It's jalapenos. <laughs> we have the jalapenos. <laughs> <laughs> I want my jalapeno, jalapeno, jalapenos. Jalapenos eat fresh. <laughs> just jalapeno it. Does that just do it? Yeah. All right, we're we're off the rails now. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you guys next month. Goodbye.